Hello and welcome to Speaking Spirit, where we talk about all things spiritual. Your host, John Moore, is a shamanic practitioner and spiritual teacher. And now, here's John. Hey everybody, I have a very special episode of this podcast today. I'm very excited um, I don't have a lot of guests on this show, I guess because I like um, hearing myself talk. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm very pleased to have a guest today, and I don't want to delay at all. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce her, and uh, you'll pardon me if, if I'm reading a little bit her bio because um, she's got a lot going on, and I don't, <laughs> I'm going to try not to get anything wrong. Um, my guest today is Susie Baylor, and she is a certified holistic health practitioner, and a foundation of the Creation Temple, and I love that name, an online library supporting light workers in their spiritual path. Susie is a living example of the balanced divine feminine masculine, also love that, working with deeply sensitive empaths to tap into their divine power, master their energy, and live their soul mission. She's a dynamic public speaker, and I can attest to that, with a commanding stage presence. She lives and leads retreats in Sedona, Arizona, one of the most beautiful places on earth, and enjoys nature, authenticity, and high vibrational food. Um, You can find her website, and I will link to it underneath this as well, is uh, www.suziebaylor.com, S-U-S-I-E-B-E-I-L-E-R.com. And www.creationtemple.com and www. That's three W's. Three W's. rebirthingretreats.com. And uh, we're also going to talk about something ex- very exciting coming up. Uh, well, if you're listening to this in, in the end of May or June, um, something very exciting that's coming up in June. But welcome, Susie. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me, John. This is so much fun to be here. Did I did I do well with your introduction? I realize I editorialized a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, awesome. And I'll just make one correction, but oh, okay. don't feel bad. Don't feel bad because most people get it wrong. It's the pronunciation of my last name, which is uh, Byler. Byler. Oh my gosh. Yes. Terrible. That's <laughs> oh, that's that's my worst sin. I I. Um, I, but thank you for correcting me because I really, really don't like to pronounce people's um, name incorrectly. Like it's, it's that's a super important thing to me. So thank you for, thank you for that correction. I appreciate it. I would hate to think that I was um, repeatedly calling you the wrong thing. And no uh, worries. And people do it all the time. So like I said, don't feel bad about it. <laughs> it's it's hard. I mean, my I I guess I was you know, fortunate, unfortunate. My name is really common. I mean, you know, my last name's like the, you know, one of the 16th most common names in the U S or something like that. Really? Yeah. And John is, is, you know, super, super common. So nobody, nobody ever mispronounces my name. Um, but that's cool. So, um, we're, I want to get, I'll get into, we're going to talk about the Soul Power Summit in a little bit, and that's a project that um, I'm involved with. So, uh, you know, very, very excited about that. And I was just checking out the um, 
the page with a list of guests. So there's, uh, or I don't know if you call them guests, but the, the speakers, the whole list of speakers, and there's a whole bunch of people there. My co-collaborators. Ah, co-collaborators. Yeah. So uh, lots of lots of exciting topics um, and all sort of centered around soul work. And that's what I really want to talk to you about today because that is, that is my... I don't know. Um, that's my thing, I guess. Uh, you know, yeah, I do. That's your jam. Yeah, that's my jam. I do. You know, I work as a shamanic practitioner, and you know, I do healing sessions with people, and I work with students, walking them through the. You know, sometimes in the beginning through the basics of shamanism, but then I really, really like to get into the deep, deep soul stuff, and and I absolutely love that. So I'm going to put you on the spot just a hair because. Um, I'm going to ask you the same question that you asked me um, when we recorded the uh, my my chat for um, the Soul Power Summit, which is coming up soon. Um, how do you describe soul? What's your definition of soul? Yeah, that's a big question. So I'll do my best um, from my human understanding and experience. Uh, I d- describe soul as that truest, most whole part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I understand that, you know, sometimes we do need soul healing, but the way prime creator, and this is the energy that I channel for those of you who don't know my work, the way prime creator describes soul is that there is a, there's a core that is always whole. There's a core that can't be touched. So even if we have soul wounding, it's, It's more at the outer layers. It's not at that core. So we have this amazing resource for our human existence and our human experience. We have this amazing resource to call upon to help us make decisions, to help us get clear about things, to help us understand why we're here on this planet, our purpose, our mission. And my understanding is that the soul goes on a journey Mm -hmm. throughout its existence. So we don't always take on human incarnation sometimes it's animal sometimes it's you know semi-formless semi-physical mm-hmm. and during all of our travels we gather information we gather wisdom we go through uh learnings and lessons and other realms and realities and our soul remembers all of that our soul hosts and holds all of that if you will so when we come into this human existence we have all of that wisdom from all of those different places, dimensions, realms, and we can activate it here in our human experience. And so I think of like people who uh, are naturally good at playing piano or they have these skills that they seem to be born with. And it's like, well, how do they know how to do that? And my guess would be <laughs> that that's part of what, what's in their soul. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. And I, um, from a, from one shamanic perspective, I guess, and one of my personal interests, I don't talk a whole lot about it, but um, one of my personal interests is, is looking at um, Norse spirituality, particularly Norse, Old Norse um, shamanism, which is, can be a little tough to unpack because uh, most of it is written about in very metaphorical language and the things that are written down. I mean, there are people who have um, 
unbroken family traditions going back, you know, a thousand years or something. But there is this concept in, um, so the Norse, along with, uh, you know, in Kabbalah and in uh, the Egyptians, and probably lots of other people have a concept of uh, multi-part soul, right? Where we, sometimes we think of the soul as this just sort of one entity, but I like to think of it almost like the body, that there are organs and parts and systems, and it can be relatively complex. And one of those parts that the Norse recognize is called the hamingya, and that is this, physically it's located towards your back, but it's... um, it's almost hard to describe. It's like the concept of luck combined with all the stuff that you inherited from your ancestors. Um, and so the, and when you, so the idea is when you, one form of reincarnation, when you die, you pass this on to somebody. Normally it would be somebody named after in that tradition. Normally it would be somebody like an ancestor named after you um, down the line. You're like passing on, your ancestral wisdom. So that's part of it as well. But one of the things I have found that was a little challenging to get my brain around when I first studied it, when I was looking at past lives and um, learning like, oh, wow, I can actually be my own ancestor, right? So I I can have uh, be my, you know, 20th great grandfather and have incarnated this time around in this body to work through whatever the, whatever the ancestral stuff is that that's coming up. I'm wondering if you ever run into any of the ancestral stuff when you're doing your work. Um, not, not so much that I'm aware of. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I can certainly grasp the idea of that as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is an interesting exploration, right? Because I have in my own family, I have, I wonder sometimes about certain people in my family mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, if there are connections that way. Uh, it's, it's fascinating and then it, then you sort of get into deeper inquiries about, well, could part of their soul have reincarnated with this soul or? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can be pretty mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and then there's, uh, I did a class once on parallel life healing, um, which is something that I do, but, um, that's sort of really mind twisty that there are other versions of ourselves running around in other, oh, other, yeah. you know, split realities. You know, every time, almost every time we make a decision, we're kind of splitting off the, um, the tree of causation. So there's, you know, yeah. potentially infinite versions of ourselves running around out there. And um, do you think that those infinite versions all have the same soul or they all have different souls? I don't, I I don't know, to be honest, I I don't know how to describe it. I think in my take from it, we, um, and and I think I'm kind of describing the same thing that you were describing, but maybe using different language. And I find that 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 tends to be true, that people are really kind of talking about the same stuff, but have different language to describe it. Sure. So we all come from source, right? Some people call that God or the universe or the creator, the grand architect, or, 
you know, words don't, words are limited. Words are very limited to describe what source is. So source is this singularity that has um, no, uh, I, I describe it as like, if you could think of an endless light that has no no center and no circumference, it is everywhere and everything and across all universes. And so then it, like if you imagine this infinite bright white light that you stuck a prism in front of that split off into all of these little beams of light, different colored beams, um, those little beams are like us. We're all kind of, thinking of ourselves as these individual beings. But if we trace our, if we trace our root back, we're all coming from the same source. If you were to remove that prism, then we would all just be source again. But if, and and this is not possible, but if you were to shut off source, we wouldn't exist. Like we would all cease to exist because we are source. We're just flavors. We're just prisms of light. And that's my, that's sort of my, my take on that. So part of us is every, you know, part of it is every, I see it as everything's connected to everything. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very difficult to, to, to sort of differentiate. Um, is this, you know, is a parallel life the kind of the same, are we, what are we sharing between parallel lives? Well, you know, we're sharing source at least, you know, and there, there must be something we're sharing if this is a version of me on the other side. But to know what that is, when I see it in Journey, it almost looks like um, a person. Uh, you remember the movie The Matrix when they had like the, the green uh, characters running down the screen when people would go yeah. into The Matrix? It yeah. looks a little bit like that to me, but it's like the shape of the person, but like, you know, colors and lights and, you know, and then when you merge the person with this, when you do this parallel life healing, this merging, the person just gets really, really bright, gets really brighter. Um, it would be cool uh, though, if I could merge with say the version of me that, that became fluent in French and then all of a sudden start speaking French. Like that would, I would love that. I, I call that integrating our soul aspects. Mm-hmm. So we can put parallel lives, parallel universes into that understanding where one soul, we're multidimensional, we interface with many realms and realities, we're multifaceted as a soul. And so those multifaceted, mm, those facets could be parallel lives, or parallel universes, right? So when we integrate our soul aspects, that means that we're taking all those different facets of our soul, whether shadow or light, and we're integrating them to heal, to expand, mm-hmm. to evolve. Yeah, for sure. And um, I'm glad you mentioned shadow. And because um, uh, shadow work is a really important part of what I do as well. And so, you know, one of the, I guess, synonyms for the shadow is the exile, right? It's the part of ourselves we kick out. We're like, I don't want to look at you because... Nice. My parents told me that's not okay, or I somehow from society told me that part is undesirable, or, you know, I feel like I'm spiritually evolved and shouldn't feel anger anymore, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, I've decided I'm going to shoot this part away from me. 
but that's not any less a part of you than the stuff we we try to turn towards, the stuff we try to embrace. And I think you're, you know, when I when I do shadow work with people, it, it's amazing how much power gets released within people because they've yeah. been, first of all, spending a lot of effort to push this part of themselves down. Um, but also they, now they're integrating a part of themselves. They are, they're pulling something in and it was something they didn't want to look at before. Um, but even and that's more power when it's integrated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, so I had this fear. This was my fear when I first started doing shadow work for myself with my teachers and was that, okay, let's say there's this part of me that, um, I don't know. I mean, there, there isn't, but let's say there's this part of me that wants to be a serial killer. If I integrate, like that would be in the shadow. If I integrate that, and that's, you know, I think that's a fear that a lot of people have. Like, all of a sudden, I'm going to pull in these parts of myself that I've locked away for a reason. And mm-hmm. it's going to change. And I'm all of a sudden going to become antisocial or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not, that's that's not it at all. That's not what, ha- that's not what happens. Yeah, that's it's, not what happens at all. Right, right. It's the, it's the holding that stuff down that's the unhealthy part. Exactly. Yeah. When you integrate a part of yourself, whether it's shadow or light, there is more power. There is, you know, it goes back to that core. There's a core of our being and a shadow is just a little piece of who we are or who we were. And so when you integrate that, you're just becoming more whole. That's all that's happening. You're not, you're not going to turn into that, which you fear. Uh, right. And I also see with, with the light, people, we also suppress the light. So as much as we yeah. suppress the shadow, sometimes we suppress the light. We have just as great a fear of the light sometimes because of how powerful it is or because of how illuminating it is. You know, if you integrate an aspect of your light, suddenly you're more illuminated and it mm-hmm. shines light on your shadow. So it's this interesting polarity dance that we do. It It is. It is. And I, and, um, you're you're absolutely right. Like some people, it, it's like the fear of success that some people have. There's also this sure. fear of, and it sounds almost counterintuitive. Why would I be afraid of being successful, or why would I be afraid of being my, you know, of approaching my light or or really embodying that? And you know, there's lots of reasons for that. One is that we're very as human beings, we're very homeostatic. We try to stay, even our bodies try to stay in the same place all the time like we we only operate within a very limited temperature range we only operate within a very limited ph range in our bloodstream and anything outside of that we get sick or you know or worse and so sometimes change is scary um but i promise you if you do shadow or light work you will not you won't get sick or die that's not, that's not, we're all going to die someday, but it's, that's not what's going to, that's not what's going to happen. Not going to be from doing shadow work. No, no, it will not. Um, if, if it was, I would be dead by now. Trust me. I've been doing lots and lots of that, lots and lots of that stuff for years. Um, I also want to touch because you mentioned your bio. Well, you mentioned a lot of things that I'm, I'm extremely interested in and stuff that I've talked about quite a lot as well. And um, you talk about being, Uh, a living example of embodying the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And um, this is a really, really important topic to me for a lot of reasons. One, because 
we've been living in a patriarchy for, you know, several thousand years and that hasn't served anybody extremely well. But I also think people have kind of a, um, a twisted idea of masculinity and femininity that is not, has nothing to do with the divine masculine and feminine. And that causes a lot of problems in our world. So I would love to hear in your words, um, how you would describe the divine masculine and the the divine feminine, what balancing those kind of looks like. For me, the, the divine masculine is, uh, focused, driven, motivated, grounded, uh, For me, the divine feminine is very receptive, warm, soft, uh, receiving. I said that already. (laughs) That's because that's what she is. Uh, And there's a a very, this is more divine mother, but there's a very like unconditional love that comes from the divine feminine as well. And not that the divine masculine can't be that, but, uh, and not that, and not that any of these are exclusive to either one. Sure, yeah. But it's just that there tends to be more of that nature. So as I've been developing the Soul Power Symposium, I've been using my divine masculine to get stuff done. You know, right, there are a lot right. of action items yeah. on my list that need to happen and, and get done. And then I've been using my divine feminine to receive the right uh, speakers and collaborators to receive the participants Mm -hmm. that are going to be consuming the content. And so there's this, there's this dance of, you know, making it happen, getting it done and allowing it to happen and allowing it to be what it's meant to be, allowing it to be its own creation. Yeah. Feminine, the allowing. Yeah. I was going to say that is a very feminine concept to me. And um, when I started out in my practice, I, you know, I, I think I came from a very, obviously I'm, I'm male, I identify as male and I, um, thought I always had to be doing something right. I always had to be like, when I'm working with a client, I've got to be in there. And one of the things I found is just sitting back and holding space for people, holding non-judgmental space, which is very divine feminine. Like that is so more healing. That is so unbelievably healing, and it seems like well you're well you're not doing anything, um, you know, kind of, kind of, but it's it's a it's a not doing in a very special way, in a very soul empowering way, and it's not the masculine wants to rescue, right? And if I rescue somebody, I'm sort of disempowering them. I'm saying like you need to be rescued. Um, and I'm, but I can step back and, and, you know, offer help and offer support without rescuing, but really if I can hold space, if I can embrace the feminine aspect, then people will self-empower, they'll heal. And just being witnessed is incredibly, incredibly powerful. I was shocked to discover that myself. Um, but it really, really is, it really is a a beautiful thing and to hold that in. And I love the way that you describe that as being a dance, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't know that I've described it that way before, but that makes complete sense to me that even in, even in my work, even if it's one-on-one working with a client or if I'm teaching a class, 
there is this real balance in, um, okay, now is the time for me to be active and do something. And now is the time for me to sit back and create a nurture, just create a nurturing environment for this person to, to be able to grow. And, um, and since I've been really consciously doing that, um, it's, it's been, it's been quite eye opening. So, um, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love this whole, this whole dance, this whole idea of how they can work together. You know, there's a time for everything. There's a time to move forward. There's a time to pull back. There's a time to make things happen. There's a time to allow things to happen. And I've really gotten deeply in tune with those polarities when is it, I don't always get it right, but you know, when do I pull back and allow, when do I step forward and take an action? Right. I, I grew up very much with my, in my masculine energy. So I'm very familiar mm-hmm. with my masculine and how she, he operates. I'm not sure how to say that. <laughs> I'm very familiar with what that looks like. And for me, misusing that has led to burnout, adrenal fatigue, yeah. had chronic yeah. fatigue syndrome. Um, it has led to t- taking too much action and spinning my wheels and burning the candle at both ends. And it's like, well, when does the universe get a chance to step in and deliver if I'm always spinning? Right, right. So I had to learn. I had to learn what and who my feminine is and how to relax into her and how to allow her to take charge, which... She doesn't take charge. She allows. <laughs> I want to. I want to touch a little bit because you mentioned um, you mentioned adrenal fatigue, which is something I went through as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned cro- chronic fatigue, and I know that's part of your story and how you came into um, doing what you do. And I mean, if you if you don't mind talking about that a little bit yeah. and how and how you came into doing this. Um, very high level soul. I, I, I hate to use the word levels. Like there's, you know, this, but it, no. you know, it's very limitations powerful. of human language. Yeah, yeah. I, I always I tr- language trips me up all the time. Um, this very empowering soul work that you do. Like you, you, you have. As we all do, we all have a story about how we got attracted into this. But I think it's, I think it's important for people who may be listening to see. Um, and I, you know, I, I will frequently talk about my story, not that I'm trying to say, hey, look how awesome I am, but I'm just some dumb guy in Maine. And if I can heal from all of this stuff, so can you. Like, I'm not special. Yeah. I'm no better than anybody else. Yeah. That's not the message. But the, So the message yeah. I like to spread is a message of hope. I was in a really bad, bad place. And um, so I don't know if you if you uh, if you feel okay with it, I would love to hear a little Absolutely. bit of your story and, and how you came into this. Cause I, I do think that is uh, an amazing thing for people to, to hear about. Yeah. Well, there, there are a couple of levels and layers to this. So I grew up Mennonite, which is a part of the Christian religion and it's very, it's a very set way of being and, and, you know, rules you have to follow. And so there was a certain level of spiritual suppression going on with that. And then I also, um, like I was saying, I, I grew up in my masculine energy a lot. And so I was misusing my energy and my power in certain ways, you know, making things happen. And then it was also just, I came here for a reason mm-hmm. and I wasn't living my mission. 
And what I, what I did, I was a pediatric occupational therapy and there was a reason I went through that training. There was a reason I had that career. That was great. That was part of my journey, but that ultimately wasn't what I was meant to spend my time doing. And so my body had to kind of shut down and break down to free me from all the things that I was, you know, in bondage over. So I had a pretty miraculous experience, literally a light bulb moment on the Mm. acupuncture table where all of a sudden I just had this full knowing on every layer level and part of my being that I was healed Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the chronic fatigue anymore. And then what happened after that was a very dedicated journey to be on my spiritual path, to live my soul mission, to rewire my DNA, to rewire my nervous system, to reconfigure everything that didn't work and didn't serve my soul mission. And that has become my sole focus in life. Mm-hmm. That is that is who I am. That is what I do. That is my business. That is my play. That is like everything is <laughs> my sole yeah. mission. And I just want to say that's that path isn't for everyone. So please don't compare yourself to me like John was saying. You know, I'm just this guy from Maine. I'm just this gal from Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I'm not special. Um, but I am special in the sense that I have chosen to focus on this and make this my life's work and make this uh, the expression of my mission. So mm-hmm. anyone can be special in that way if they choose it. Absolutely. And um, I like that you said that. I, I always tell people, you know, I'm going to talk about shamanism a whole lot because that's my path, but I don't recommend shamanism as a path for everybody. It's not. Okay. It's not. Yeah. And yeah. And just like you, you have found your path, you've found the thing. And, um, like I can feel when you're talking about it, some, some real similarities to, to what happened with me where I'm like, I'm going to go heal myself. And then I found out, wow, this is my home. This is where I belong. This is what I belong doing. And when you hit that path, like you just, there's just that knowing that you're describing, that knowing on all levels, this is what I, where I'm meant to be. This is where, what I'm meant to do. Um, and I don't know if you found the same thing, but for me, when I found my path, like obstacles would just get pushed out of my way. Like I decided I was going to study shamanism, and I found a teacher who was offering an apprenticeship, and I contacted her, and she goes, you've missed the introductory work. You've missed my last introductory class. I don't know. You know, all this, I was like, Oh gosh, I, you know, I don't know. She says, well, I suppose if you meet with me, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll figure it out. And I don't know why, but she accepted me. And I, you know, I went, I spent six years in study with her and, um, you know, she is still, she's retired from teaching, but she still is my still is my teacher and um uh you know just lots and lots of things got moved lots of obstacles got moved out of my path and i think that just happens when you're when you're in the right space when you're doing what you what you're meant meant to be doing and i think you know in in sanskrit they might call it your dharma right your path this is your your path and that's really individual for for every for everybody you know it could be yeah. who knows what I would say yes and no. I've mm. I've had those experiences. Yeah. Where, where it feels miraculous, like something just opens up. And I've also had those experiences where I have had to work incredibly hard mm-hmm. for 
who I am, for what I have in this life, uh, to heal. Um, and, and this is where I do feel it's different for everyone. And this is part of my understanding of the soul journey. Whatever it is that I'm meant to achieve, accomplish, heal, whatever in this lifetime, according to my soul, that's what I'm going to come in contact with. And right. I'm, I'm very much of the understanding and, and the decision that I am getting it done this lifetime. So I don't know if that means I have more to overcome or more to heal or, you know, that I have stuff built up from other realms, realities, lifetimes, however you want to understand it, that I need to take care of in this lifetime. I don't know if that just means that I'm in my own way and in my mind sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't know what it all means. I just know that my path has looked a certain way. I'm open to it being different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have had to overcome a lot. Sure. And, and sometimes, yeah, that has opened up when I have those breakthroughs, it, it opens up the pathways. Uh, and sometimes the pathways just open and it seems like I didn't have to do anything. So I feel like some of that is all kind of orchestrated at the soul level and, and it's not my business almost. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And in, in shamanism, we talk about initiation a lot and initiation, you might go through a ceremony and I went through a two year process of doing ceremony after ceremony, initiate initiation ceremonies. Those are ceremonies. That's not what initiation is though. Um, when you go through a ceremony that a teacher or shaman's putting you through, that's a ceremony but mm-hmm. spirit initiates you and initiation on a shamanic level, which is, I, I think anybody goes through this and you talk about things coming up and obstacles you have to overcome. Um, mm-hmm. I describe it as like putting your life in one of those snow globes and sticking it in a paint shaker and just shaking the heck out of it in the, those industrial paint mixers. Um, Cause that definitely, I mean, that's, that definitely has happened to me. I've gone through, uh, you know, I've gone through relationships. I got divorced in the middle of my training. I, you know, uh, mm-hmm. wound up in a relationship with, uh, you know, somebody that, uh, ended in a really not so great way. And, uh, I've been through huge, huge transitions mm-hmm. and yeah. you can't really, you're, you're right. You can't really steer that so much. Um, but I think there is absolutely a purpose to that, to those initiations yeah. happening. Like it's, it's almost like I it's know. taking you apart so you can put yourself back yeah. together. Yep. I know that all my deaths and rebirths have been part of the teaching and the guidance that I offer others. Mm-hmm. There's so much depth in what I've gone through that when a client comes to me, there are very few people I can't help at this point because of what I've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, you know when when you become aware, when you how am I gonna put this? Uh, when you become aware of your past and your parallel lives and all of this this stuff coming in, um, nothing surprises or shocks you so much anymore. Um, right. You know, yep. I, I talk to people all the time. They go, "This is gonna sound weird," and I'm like, "Trust me, <laughs> nothing is gonna sound weird to me." And maybe something I've never encountered before. That's unlikely, but 
um, you know, nothing you tell me, I'm going to go, wow, that is so out there. I couldn't, I can't even conceive of that. Um, nope. Nothing's going to shock me at that level at this point. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when, not funny, but you know, clients will come and they'll be scared to share something. And I'm like, listen, you know, just, this is a safe space. Yeah. Kind of seen it all. Like yeah. you're addicted to porn. Okay. No big deal. Right. You know, like it just all these things that people are so embarrassed or ashamed of. And it's like, just let's just put it into the light. You know, we'll, we'll take care of it. It's, it's no big deal. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, but it is, it's challenging because people are used to modalities where they are judged for what they do. Like, you know, the medical model can be, um, can be, and there are lots of great physicians out there. And I have, I've had, um, in my shamanic training, I've had doctors and dentists and therapists and psychologists. I've had people, and I love that. I love to see that. I love to pe- see people doing integrative things. A, um, I, I like to point this out, a giant hawk just flew through the back of my yard. So while we're yes. chatting here, always a really good sign. Um, yes. but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, but, yeah, I have people come to me with all kinds of stuff and I just, I'm like, I'm never going to judge you. And, um, you know, and if during the session something comes up, like you want to cry, you want to scream, you want to call me names, do it, whatever, pull it up. It wants to come out. Once it comes out, you're, you know, it's, it's, you're going to feel better. Um, it's the holding that stuff down again. It's that pushing that stuff into the shadow because it's not okay for me to feel angry or it's not okay for me to feel sad or it's not okay for me to admit to somebody that I take recreational drugs or or am addicted to porn or whatever, whatever it is that people are doing. First of all, you're not alone. There are, you know, millions of other people out there with the same things going on for them. And second of all, who am I to judge anybody? Um, I'm I'm not like I'm here to show up as as I'm sure you are. I'm here to show up in love, and love is non-judgmental. It, it it's you know it it just is. It just holds you. It is it is complete and acceptance, and that is healing for so many people. That in itself, even if I did nothing else but just let people talk to me in a non-judgmental way, it's like um, talk therapy. You know, the research shows that something like 85 to 90% of the benefit of talk therapy is just the relationship with the therapist. Like the technique doesn't matter that much in talk therapy. Um, You'd be doing anything as long as they're not, as long as they're letting you talk and not judging you. And isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how we're built um, to, to heal from, to heal that way? Yeah, just to hold, like you were saying earlier, to hold space for somebody. Most of us in this life don't have the experience of truly having someone hold space for us. So that in in and of itself is deeply healing. It's profound. Yeah, yeah, it 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 really is. And I have been I have been blessed to have many practitioners as friends who have, uh, you know, I can. I get, you know, if I feel like I need some work, I can, I have lots of people I can go to. Um, but I have had that, I've had that experience and it's, it's so, 
it's hard to describe how beautiful it is from the other side, but it's even, it's beautiful from this side as well. Like I feel amazing when I can do that for somebody, when I see yeah. somebody getting a benefit from that. I, I don't want to do anything else. Like this is, this is it. This is part of the reason why this is my path. It's, um, there is yeah. no, there is no high like that, that I, that I have ever experienced. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing quite like it. And it's, it's a little bit, I'm sure you find the same way. It's hard to describe almost. It's, it's deeply fulfilling to be able to hold a non-judgmental space for someone. And, and I will say my work with channeling the prime creator energy has really boosted my ability to do that has really taught me a lot because when I first started bringing through the energy, I was like, wow, there's no judgment here. And I, I have tended in my past to be very judgmental. And so it was very interesting to feel that energy contrast with mine because I'm a conscious channel. I'm very, you know, Mm -hmm. aware when I'm bringing through the energy. And so I will feel my judgment and then I'll feel prime creator energy and there's no judgment. And I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. (laughs) You know, I get to notice my judgments. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, I, I just, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're coming up toward, I can't believe we've been talking for this time, but we're coming up towards the end of the talk, but I want to, because I'm really interested in channeling and I have done, um, I, I do some channeling, but not, um, I don't really do it with clients that much. Um, I do it for, for part of my training, part of my other work and, and whatever. And I do it, I do it consciously as well. I'm, I'm aware of what's going on. Um, and some people might not know the, like the different types of channeling there are. There are people who are what they call like deep trance channelers who will go into like a very deep trance and channel and have no memory whatsoever of what's happened. Um, Mm -hmm. when that, and and I get the feeling that when you describe yourself as a conscious channel, that's not the experience that you're, that's not my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I don't always remember what comes through because sometimes the energy is intense. Sometimes there's a lot of information. I don't always retain it. Uh, but I am the way it works for me is I'm, I'm a clairsentient. So I mm. feel very, very deeply, very acutely. So I'll feel the energy. We'll ask a question. I'll feel the energy of the answer. And then I, my job is to find words to match up with the energy I feel. And that's, that's the imperfect part, right? Like, I just want to be clear that this is not an, an infallible scientific practice. Right. Um, this is an imperfect, you know, situation where I'm receiving the energy and I've got to find words to put to it. Uh, and in most cases, I'm pretty accurate. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm human. I have my filters. Right. So my right. interpretation of the energy might not always be 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, when I, I had to learn, and this was really hard, I had to per, learn to put as little interpretation on it as possible. I had to put enough, I had to, to describe things enough to get the message across. But the more I tried to describe and interpret, and this could mean this, and this could mean that, then I'm like, ah, I'm just putting my own right. stuff on top of that, right? I'm just you know, this may or may not true. So I learned to trust, to trust and sort of surrender kind of early on and go, I'm just going to tell you what happened. I'm just going to give it to you. And it may or may not mean anything to you. And 99% of the time people are like, whoa, I 
don't know how you knew that. I'm like, I don't know how I knew that either. And I probably didn't know that somebody yeah. else knew that and just gave me the information. I don't want to take, I don't want to take credit for anything. Um, I'm just a mouthpiece at this point. But, right. I'm just the messenger. Right. <laughs> so if it's accurate, you know, thank them. Uh, you know, you can thank me for not trying to interpret it using my very limited human brain. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, um, I hadn't done any channeling before and I, you know, shamanic practices, you know, you're doing similar things and that you're merging with helping spirits a lot and you're staying merged with them. But I had a teacher one day, she's just like, you're going to work on mer- channeling. You are going to, you are going to channel. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I can do this. And, um, it turned out to be just a really, really incredible experience. And I guess maybe I, maybe I hold it back and don't do it so much because it don't do it so much publicly. Um, and maybe I should, but I, uh, like it's a little bit sacred for lack of a better term. Like I'm, I kind of like hold on, hold on to it on my own. And I, I will do it with people that, um, I'm close to and that I, that, um, you know, have a level of understanding and, and that sort of thing. So I don't know, maybe I'm holding myself back a little bit. Well, what does your soul say about it, John? That's a good question. I should check in. Um, yeah, I mean, my soul wants to be out. My soul wants to be everywhere and and out and about. So um, yeah. that's why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. That's, that's, that's a big part of it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I should do, I should do some more of that. But um, uh, I do think that there are a lot of people maybe who channel, who channel wisdom, maybe not directly, maybe they're not trans channeling or that sort of thing. But there are a lot of people who get messages from spirit. Stuff comes through and like, ah, oh, I don't know where I got this from or I don't know where I got this from. And I, I know lots of people who are sort of unconscious, um, clairsentient people. Just like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but um, I feel like I have to go do the, this right yeah. now. And my mom, my mom was, my mom is one of those people where, I, years and years ago when I was in college, um, my aunt passed away all of a sudden in the middle of the night, brain aneurysm. So it was like, she wasn't sick. There was nothing expected. It was really weird. And, um, she was declared brain dead at like four twenty-five in the morning. And at that exact moment, my mom shot straight up in bed, looked at the clock, looked at my stepfather and said, something's happened. I'm going downstairs to sit by the phone. And went down and sat by the phone until a couple hours later, somebody, somebody called her to tell her what, what had happened. But yeah, so I could never get away with anything as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) My mom always knew. My mom always knew I was up to no good. (laughs) Well, moms know anyway, but then if they're clairsentient on top of it all. That's rough. I want to say, I want to say that we are all channels. Yes. We all bring through information, wisdom, fluff, crap, whatever. We all bring <laughs> stuff through. And it's important that we make a choice about what we're going to bring through. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. And when I really learned that lesson hardcore, when I started channeling, you know, several months into it, I started having all these beings wanting to use my voice to speak. And I was like, <laughs> like, no, <laughs> yeah, you're not the right frequency. Or, you know, I really had to set a boundary with the light realm and say, this is the energy I'm bringing through. 
nothing else. So yeah, we, we are all channels, whether we, you know, bring through spirit or something else, we're, we're all channels and we need to make a choice and set boundaries about what we will bring through these vessels. That is a, that is a really good point. And one of the things I talk about with people who are studying with me, for example, is that once you start to do this work, you light up, right? Like you're lit up and you know, we exist, as you said, on all of these different realms and planes simultaneously, but we may not be really lit up. And there are lots of beings who's just sort of like, oh, that's just another person, I, you know, whatever. And then you're like a neon light all of a sudden in the middle of the desert. And lots of beings are going to be attracted because they're like, oh, here's somebody who can I can communicate with or communicate through. And it's not necessarily that they are, quote unquote, evil beings, but they're just, you know, it's like picking up hitchhikers. You know, you don't necessarily want to just open yourself up to every um, every being out there. You do want to have those boundaries. So I think that's a really good point to to make with people. I've worked, worked with and met a lot of people who sort of um, blew their doors wide open, um, yeah. usually usually through the use of entheogens or hallucinogenic Mm -hmm. drugs, take everything under the sun and then they come in and I can see beings just flying like bugs flying around their head and their eyes don't focus. And I've seen people who um, are seeing things like in the physical world, but not looking at them, just like reaching over and grab because they're not looking through their own eyes at that point. They've picked up hitchhikers and yes. the, you start to lose that boundary between what's you and, you yeah. know, because, oh, all of a sudden I have these, I can, I have this second sight ability. Well, that's cool oh. if it's yours. It's cool if you, it's your oh, second sight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is, I'm going to transition because this is why the Soul Power Symposium is so important. Yeah, let's because, talk about that. Yeah. Um, we're really teaching people how to get in touch with their essence, their soul. I have a practice that I do uh, with activating the soul essence, and that's going to be something that's part of the soul power symposium for the entire 13 days. People will have access to that video to work with the material of activating their soul essence and cultivating the soul essence so that we're filling ourselves with us not yes, other yeah. things, not other right. beings. Right. That's really important. Fill up. That's great. And for those, uh, we taught, we've touched on it a little bit, but the Soul Power Symposium is this um, 13 day event that's happening at the kind of the search it's June 21st. Oh, the Solstice, June 21st. Yeah, that, oh. gosh, I don't know why I didn't put that together in my head. Um, <laughs> uh, June 21st, there are what, 12? 12 uh co-founders 11 presenters plus myself okay um so 11 presenters i happen to be one of them so if you you enjoy my podcast um uh i will definitely include i will include um links to all of Susie's stuff but there will also be links to that and where that is particularly time sensitive i mean i i apologize if you're live listening to this two years from when we're putting it out there. Um, but uh, if you're hearing this in the beginning of June, um, and, and this, and I say this because of myself, this is what I do. I'm like, I see something like, oh, that's really cool. I want to do that. I'm going to register for that tomorrow. 
like, don't do that because you're going to go, <laughs> where was that link again? Was, you know, whatever. Yay. Just click on the link and, and, and go register for that. You will not regret it. Um, I am going to tune in to all of these different teachers. And um, I think our chat was really cool um, as Not well. Sure. We had a really cool chat about soul stuff, about this, this, all of this stuff. So um, I think it's, I think it's a really fantastic opportunity to really become empowered. And um, this is, this is the kind of stuff that I love that I absolutely love about spiritual work. This, this really like, Let's discover who you are at a core level. Let's discover how powerful, how incredibly powerful you are. You're going to surprise yourself. Um, Yeah. And I I really want to highlight June 21st because that's when the prime creator channeling will be available for free for 24 hours. June 21st. That's the solstice. June 21st. Don't forget. (laughs) And that is the foundation for the entire symposium. So if you miss the channeling, you kind of missed the foundation for the whole thing. So please, what John said, register <laughs> now so that you get the emails to remind you yeah. uh, when to receive the content. June 21st is a big day. Yeah. Yep. And, and, um, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I follow the wheel of the year. And, um, so those are the solstices and equinoxes and half and halfway points between those, Super important days. They're they're days of big transitions where you can where things like big shifts can happen um, just because of the energy of the the planet and the sun and what we're going through. And it's a really really good time. And I um, summer solstice in particular for me is a great time to begin anything. Um, I don't know if other people find that, but it's a really good place to start. Um, where winter solstice for me is I'm almost going into hibernation by that point. I'm celebrating, (laughs) I'm celebrating all the hard work that I've done, but I'm almost ready to go into hibernation. But June 21st, I am ready to hit the ground running and, and work on whatever it is I'm working on. So, um, definitely, definitely get registered for that. Well, we are, we've been talking for just about an hour it doesn't wow. seem like that. I could, uh, I'm sure, talk to you for a lot longer, and I would love <laughs> to have you on again um, sometime. But I want to, I want to thank you for coming on, and I also want to give you a chance if there's any sort of last messages or last anything you want to talk about before we, before yeah. we go. Yeah, I'll just invite everyone to put a hand over their belly, over their solar plexus, and just take a nice deep breath. And just feel yourself grounded in your body. And I just invite you to set an intention now for what you want in your life, for your soul mission, for your life purpose. If there's something that you need in order to move forward in your life purpose. If there's something that you desire that would make executing your life mission easier for you, just ask for that now as you breathe. It is done. It is done. It is done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. It's been it's been so delightful having you on, and I'm so looking forward to June 21st coming up. I'm I'm super <laughs> super excited about it. So uh, thank you again. We we'll, we will definitely have you on again. So 
you'll 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 hear you'll hear some music again and um somebody else's somebody else's voice and then and then and then we'll end if i hit the right button been listening to speaking spirit with your host john moore for more info or to contact john go to mainshaman.com that's m-a-i-n-e-s-h-a-m-a-n.com